Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast episode 27. Um, no idea what the title is for this one, but it's going to be something like Campervan, Campbell River and Salt Spring Island. So yeah, I thought I'd do an episode of potentially what it might be like next year when we're out road tripping across Canada, USA, Scotland and potentially New Zealand, Australia as well. So I'm just going to give you a bit of an update on our camper van and how it's going uh, and also some weekend trips that we've done here at Campbell River on Vancouver Island and Salt Spring Island which is part of the Gulf Islands near Vancouver and Vancouver Island. Um, yeah, so I thought I'd start with the camper van. So we've had that camper van for it's approaching nine, ten, ten months, something like that. And it came to us already converted, pretty much. Um, and it's a Toyota Sienna uh, 2000, so it's 20 years old, 21 years old. And what the previous owners have done is they ripped all the back seats out and everything from the back seat and the boot and kind of implemented and built a wooden um, bed frame and also wooden cabinets against one half of the car so you can't really open the door from there. And uh, also like a back cabinet into the boot of the car which has like um, stores our cooker also our like cool box and also other bits and pieces at the back loads of storage and the bed will fold underneath each other so you can like fit all your bags and all your other stuff you might have and we never really took it away last year because we got it late we've done quick one trip um, I think to Revelstoke Um, but other than that yeah we kind of like I've kind of really used it this year and um, it's been a good test to kind of understand how the car works, the space of for having two of us in there and also how it logistically works with all our equipment and stuff. So yeah, we went to Cumber River and Salt Spring Island the last two weekends, which I'll come to in a minute. And one thing I notice is, I must say, the bed is very comfortable. So when you pull the bed out, the bed frame gets pulled from one side to the other and it kind of creates a double bed and we have a half and half mattress um, but we also built um, well we also changed one half of the bed because it, was, it fits the back of the driver's seat and I realised that we couldn't move the driver's seat all the way back and if you're like six foot one or two it's not going to be enough leg room to drive the car and this was an issue because we are going to rent the car out so we chopped some slats off the end of the bed, um, maybe two or three. So we moved the bed, yeah, must have been not very much, four or five inches shorter. And then we attached two hinges and attached the end of the bed back onto those hinges so you can flip them up. And that enables like the front seat of the driver's side to come all the way back for leg room. And also if you push it back forward, you can then flip the hinges down it creates like the extra bed at the end it's only like four or five inches but it makes all the difference so that's like kind of the one big change we did we kind of winged it really kind of like no real expertise in that area but we kind of logically looked at it and thought right we'll do that and see what happens and it's kind of worked out and ever since we rented it out it seems to be a pretty cool idea for the people who've slept in it so yeah so we find that the bed is very comfortable and then the cabinets are to your left, so um, they're on the other side of the car. And it holds so much space, like there's so much storage in there, and there's more than enough for two of us. And also with the bags go on the front seats um, when we're not driving, but when the, when we are driving, 
the bowl, the fed gets fo- the bed gets folded underneath each other, and we put all the bags in the back of the van, and it's just more than enough space. The only time it gets a bit tight is when we actually have the double bed out, and we're sort of like moving around in the van. Um, I don't know, get ready for bed or trying to do a bit of reading or something. Then you kind of straight into the bed and straight out of the car. There's no in between really. So uh, we need to figure that out and to make how to make that easier. But as as things go, all the customers we had an outdoorsy who rented the camper van out have always said how comfortable it is, how easy it is to manoeuvre, and how they actually love the sort of like the the plan of the van and how it all works. So I'm really glad we got this van for $2,500 which is a bargain and if you're based in the UK what that's about 1500 quid um, granted we've spent probably the same again just a few repairs and a few things that needed replacing and a service as well um, amongst other things so we probably spent $5,000 on this um, which is not too bad it's about £3,000 but for outdoors even renting it out um, we've actually made um, buddy, last book and so far we had today, which would be in September, I think we'd be approaching three thousand dollars. So we're we're really approaching that evens point. Um, and then obviously when we sell it next year afterwards, we'll get that profit is the what we sell it for, right? Even though we've still got a bit of time to go next year for the early part of the summer and spring in case people rent it out. So yeah, it's gone really well. The camper van, um, it drives great. It has obviously a few things not wrong but thinking a few things attached to it like some lights come on that shouldn't come on um, but a real no, no big issues some and then also some people who rented it out the other week went to Banff and the Rockies which is about 2,000 k's from here round trip and was absolutely fine the car so it's absolutely moaning along really well I'm hoping this time next year um, I'll be saying the same thing and I'll be looking back and reflect on on this podcast or where we are now to next year god knows where we'll be at this point somewhere in Canada, and hopefully um we'll have the same car and the same experience um the amenities i think i'd describe what we had before but if you had our camper van we've decided to have a two stove um gas cooker with propane which fuels it so we have um that available to us and we have all the kitchen stuff like plates bowls and cups and cutlery and stuff like that we also have a cool box which links to the um, power of the vehicle. So it only works when you're actually running the vehicle. So we're considering getting a different type of battery pack for that and um, to keep it going all night as well to keep things cool. We'll definitely need that next summer. So that's something to work on as well. And we're also going to get one of those solar shower packs, $10 packs, where you fill it with water and the sun warms up for you. So we have some showers. If we're camping... You know, well into the the week, if you like. If we've been away for four, five, six days. So I think that's the, the immediate things we need. But other than that, it's just maintaining the car. Um, and trying to rent out as much as possible to try and um, get some money back. And also be ready for next year when no doubt there'll be extra costs when we're on the road. Um, and as you might or might not be aware, our plan is to next July is to get back here after being in UK for a month or six weeks, whatever it is, and hop off on the road in the car across Canada and then through US. It could take four or five months if the car lasts. So that's the plan. I think it's been a good start this summer. We've done some real good trips, which I'll come to in a minute. 
And if you're interested in the Vancouver yet as an outdoorsy, I think we have it for a hundred and ten dollars a night. And if you book it for seven nights, you get ten dollars off a night, something like that. And then outdoorsy takes twenty percent of the cut, so that's kind of the price range at the minute. Um, no need to increase it. We have a lot of interest. We've got another booking last night, so we're very much happy with how it's going so far. Um, yeah, and I, I really couldn't be more pleased with it. So based on that, we sort of thought, well, we'll do a few weekends. We've got three weekends in August that we're away. Um, and the first one was Campbell River. So Campbell River is on Vancouver Island, and you'd have to get the boat or the ferry from Horseshoe Bay, which is about 45 minutes an hour um, north of Vancouver, on the way to Whistler. It's probably halfway. And then you hop on a ferry to Campbell River. From, that, from there, it takes probably hour and a half to two hours um but yeah we arrived in Campbell River and we stayed in the hotel the first night in Nanaimo because we arrived quite late and we don't want to be driving around in the dark really too much um but then the next morning we smashed in a brunch or breakfast at Vault Caf which is quite a cool little cafe in, in Nanaimo um it's got a pink exterior and a really cool interior with loads of maps and photos and old school music and Plants. There's lots of plants about, so there's a really cool vibe in there. And so we smashed in a brunch and then drove up to our campground, which is in Bates Beach, which is about 40 k's, 45 k's from Canberra River, um, south of Canberra River. So we stayed at Bates Bates Beach, and it was a great little slot because we were in the overflow, which we were kind of worried about, which is probably about, I don't know, 100 metres from the sea. But we were in the shade, so we kind of got cover from the sun because that weekend was super hot like early 30s like 33 degrees in the first night it was mental and I was pretty worried about two of us being in the van even with all the windows open how cool it would be but Bates Beach campground is definitely worth a visit um, it's right by the beach um, I think you could probably rent out canoes and stuff there it's got showers it's got toilets um, you can also take your self um, kind of self-service camper van if you've got like all that stuff in like a big RV type thing, you can take that there if you want, or one like ours as well. Um, and it overlooks the water um, to like Powell River, Quartz Island, and Hermana Island, which are part of the Gulf Islands. And the water's really calm because of those islands being quite close. There's no tides at all. And um, so looking out was pretty cool. The sunset was incredible. Yeah, so the view was Powell River sort of like to the right. Um, and Cortia, Cortez Island and Hermano Island, Hermano Island to the left, unreal views. And it was absolutely spot on weather that weekend. A bit too hot, early 30s, but no cloud in sight. Um, so great weather, a bit fiery. And there's, there's a lot of smoke from the fires in BC at the minute. So um, that kind of created like this like red glow at night, which is pretty awesome. Um, what we did in Canberra River is we had a few things on the list. And one of the first things we did was went to Elk Falls, which is like left of Canberra River. And it has a waterfall and you can dip into the water above the waterfall, which is like really refreshing, especially on that day. That's super hot. So we drove to Elk Falls. It's like a 15 minute walk to the suspension bridge, got a view of the waterfall. And then we went and chilled out in the water above the waterfall. And it was got so hot that day, I think. We didn't fully dip in because it's quite refreshing the water, but I sort of soaked my t-shirt and um, put it around my neck, and that's pretty pretty damn nice. 
Um, so we enjoyed that, and it was kind of really peaceful, like no one there. Um, just like the sounds of the forest there, all the nature there is just pretty cool. And that waterfall just makes it like a bit idyllic, really, with that waterfall. And that sound is pretty incredible. And then after that, we sort of like went to check out the um, town Camber River, which is quite an interesting town. Um, I say it's, it's got an old vibe. It's got that retirement type vibe. So I don't think it should expect anything lively, even though the island's pretty chilled anyway, but definitely an older vibe. People with probably you know, a bit of money, got a retirement home, not a retirement home, but you know, like a second home and they're kind of living there. Um, but right on the water, like a great little port area. Um, lots of like bars or coffee places along the water because the road goes along the water. So you can drive down two roads as the main Highland Highway, which is like quite newly built, which goes all the way to Victoria, the capital. Or you can go on the 19A, which is like the, the ocean road, if you like. So we spent most of our time on there because it's great views. Um, so, yeah, we kind of first day done that. And then, as we said, we got back and it's like, oh, like this is quite warm. How warm is it going to be? Uh, I think for the first hour in the van, I think we were pretty warm and I was fanning with a book because it was that warm. But we opened all the windows, somehow managed to fall asleep and it actually got a bit, bit chilly. That's a relief because we now know 30 to 34 degrees Celsius. We are going to get a little bit chilly in the night, which is a bit of a relief because that was so hot. Um, so that was quite a cool camping experience. And then um, we stuck to the camping environment, you know, got our food and cooked it there as well. Um, didn't really speak to any sort of like campers there's a few next to us you know a few um, interesting characters but uh, yeah so that was great and then the second day we decided to go up to Ripple Rock now Ripple Rock is um, most famous for having the at the time in 1958 the biggest non-nuclear explosion in the world at that point. And what happens is, at Ripple Rock, it's a bit of water between um, our island and Quadra Island. And the water in between those two has actually a bit of those, I think one of the islands, almost popping up above the water, but not fully like above it. So it's causing like all these rip ripped tidal waves and it's causing whirlpools of waters and basically all these boats kept sinking and decided to sort it out so a three-year project went underway to basically blow up a bit of the earth to flatten that bit of water underneath to make it easier for boats to go through because quite a thin passage yeah so they got all these explosives and then yeah in 1958 um pulled the trigger i guess or pushed down the handle and it blew up all this earth and it then made it easier for um, boats to then go through with no real trouble. Even though there are still some whirlpools because obviously not all the earth has gone. There's still some there. But even today, you can, when we climbed up to the viewpoint um, at, in the provincial park, you can see the whirlpools from, from a height. I think orcas have been known to play in them as well. They obviously enjoy it. So the hike itself was about one hour each way, um, pretty medium to moderate um, pretty easy I'd say if you're a very good hiker um, not a problem for us at all like if I can do it then anyone can do it so we yeah, hopped up there and we had a great viewpoint of Quadra Island and the ripple pools down below 
and also further out to other islands in the Gulf. So that was a pretty decent um, hike. Also, it's in in the shade because it's in the forest, so there was no real like problems with the sun, even though it was hot. Um, but we managed to get to the top, um, drank loads of water, and yeah, great views. Definitely worth doing if you can. Also worth watching the video of how they did it. Um, I have watched it on YouTube since, and it's definitely worth a, worth a look. But yeah, two hours return. And then after those two main nature activities, we just sort of like um, had a few drinks at some places and some coffees. So we went to the parallel, 50 parallel um, tapping barrel, which is like, in terms of the map, on the 50th longitude or latitude, whatever one that is. Um, and they had a little bar there which looked out into the water so that's pretty cool and, but the best thing I think was the coffee we had at Fog Dockers <laughs> really weird name uh, but further south in between Campbell River and where we stayed and um, it's on the, uh, the ocean road and it over, they literally have a little shack and some chairs overlooking the water it's pretty serene and we can't really get much food there it's just coffee um, so I went and got Tim Horton's bagel but great views over the water and we sort of sat there and planned our day um, but that was great um, awesome coffee as well must admit so yeah I think um, overall Campbell River is definitely a worth a decent trip I mean the Ripple Rock is probably about 20k's up um, from the Campbell River town um, you can get fish and chips in Campbell River by the by the harbour that's really cool you've got great views all around because it's by the water and you can also get um there pretty easily from the two roads I mentioned earlier. So I would highly recommend Campbell River. Um, and if you need more details, you can contact me about some places that we went to if you need to get it on Google or some contact details. But Bates Beach was awesome as well. Managed to have a shower there. Um, and obviously camped pretty easily. Slept really well. So moving on to our second trip, Salt Spring Island that we've just been on. Salt Spring was um, booked for well in advance. We realise that going to Salt Spring is a nightmare if you don't book a ferry because ferries here get booked up so much so we hopped on the ferry from um, Sawasan if you like I can't pronounce it in Vancouver which goes to the Vancouver Island or other places as well um, so we popped on the ferry um, to Salt Spring which goes into Long Harbour and then we stayed at um, Garden Fair Campground which is near the town of Ganges it's pretty much in the town yeah, Ganges, as in the River Ganges, that's how it's spelt. Um, so we had two nights there, and no real plan to do anything strenuous apart from eat and drink, really, and see a few sights. So some of the things that were worth ticking off is, if you want your brunch spot, it's going to have to be Treehouse Caf in Ganges. Now, for brunch, there's not many options. So this place gets filled up pretty quickly so I would say get there at 9 9am 9 if you can when it opens if you arrive at 10.30 to 11.30 you're probably going to miss brunch because brunch finishes at um, 12 or half 11 maybe um, so you really need to get there at 9 and get brunch on the go and they also play live music at night for dinner so I guess that's like a nice venue to have and it's right by the harbour so um the reason it's called Treehouse is because it has a tree in the middle of it. Pretty basic, but it's built around a tree. Um, so that's definitely worth doing. We also went to Salt Spring Inn for dinner. It wasn't great. 
Um, I don't think the girls liked it that much. They probably wouldn't recommend it. I know you can go over brunch as well. That's your second option, but we didn't do it. Um, in town, you need to get an apple tart, which is like a Bakewell tart from MB Bakery. Um, they've got lots of um, other selections in there, like sausage rolls and fresh bread. Um, but definitely worth doing that. So we got our cakes from there, and then we drove up to, or down to, um, Beaver Point, which is in, um, it's kind of like further south um, in Ruckle Provincial Park. So it's probably about, I don't know, 15 minute drive. Um, so we parked the car and then we walked up to Beaver Point, which is a really easy walk and had a viewpoint over the Gulf Islands and that was pretty awesome. Um, a bit of a wind, a bit of a chill, but the cakes and the viewpoints are definitely worth it. Um, then we also f- uh, visited another cafe called Fernwood Road Cafe, um, which has a great little spot, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere really, but it's on the coast and it has a pier and you can get a coffee and a very um, restricted menu if you want breakfast. Um, but yeah, you can go on the pier and have a look out of all the islands again, or you can sit at the cafe, which has loads of space outside, so great for dogs as well. And um, you can get a viewpoint of Galliano Island as well. Um, this island is for the dogs, so if you, love, if you love dogs, they're everywhere. People love taking them there. Other things we ticked off um, in Salt Spring is the Salt Spring um, Cider House. Uh, if you love cider, I mean, they do taste uh, slider things for like $10, $11, all different types of cider. I'm not a cider fan, so I didn't have any. I had a tea. It was all right. Um, but yeah, if you love your cider, it's definitely worth going to. It's got a great view over the hills. I think it's like kind of got green type view, you know, not vineyards, but like grass and stuff around in the background. So it's pretty decent. Um, I, I think most people probably drive there and have a few because... Salt Spring in it. Um, we also checked out Salt Spring Island uh, Cheese, which has goat's cheese um, only. Um, you can visit this as well. You can go in and taste some some goat's cheese and buy anything related to that. I think you have a pizza there as well. I think they do ice cream, um, but you can overlook there. I think they've got an, maybe a, a huge farm at the back that you can have a look at, um, obviously with goats. So that's definitely worth going to check out. Um, on a Saturday, if you're there uh, in Ganges, um, we went to the Saturday market, which is a bit like a farmer's market. All these independent stores are great. Um, I mean, we, I, f- I think we bought a few things. I think you can't not. Um, so we yeah, spent some time in that and wandering around, and that's pretty decent. And then what I was looking forward to is Salt Spring Coffee. They don't actually brew it there or roast it there anymore on the island, but the original cafe is there. So you can get a coffee from that. Um, and I really enjoyed that coffee, actually. Yeah, I had quite a lot of it. Um, the Treehouse Cafe has that as well, if you're going there. But well worth a, a wait for the coffee, but there'll be a big queue. Just bear that in mind. Uh, another viewpoint that's worth going to is Burgoyne Bay, um, Provincial Park. You can drive there, drop, drop the car off, and there's like numerous trails there. It's got a beach. And you go left or right of the beach, and there's some great viewpoints as well, which kind of looks over to Vancouver Island, um, I think. So that's worth looking at as well. Um, yeah, I think Salt Spring Island as a whole has kind of got that real chilled vibe. Don't expect the party, don't expect anything strenuous, like everyone's on their own time. Um, a bit 
older clientele as well. I don't think many young people would be there, but yeah, it's got that, that hippie vibe. I think a lot of people just obviously stayed there from when they moved there decades ago. And you see that classic, like, uh, sort of like temple pants type look as well, that hippie vibe in terms of clothing. So lots of colours, lots of loose clothing. Um, kind of my kind of scene. We also popped to uh, Salt Spring Vineyard. So you, you know, everything has Salt Spring in front of it. Um, Salt Spring Vineyard has tasting rooms for five dollars, and you get to taste four wines. So we had um, four wines. I actually had three. I'm not a fan, but dessert wines I love. So I had their two dessert wines. Um, of course, we ended up buying some bottles of wine. So that's definitely worth a trek to. Um, for five dollars, not bad. Um, I say get there a bit earlier as well to avoid the queues. But on the whole, Ganges as a town is the only town there. I mean, it's not in the town; it's like a village. And by the water, it's pretty close to where you get into from the ferry. Um, it's definitely like a nice little cool village with like all your needs. You've got all your shops there, clothes, food, a few restaurants, ice cream, cake, a view, a beach. It's all there. So Salt Spring Island, you should definitely add it to your list if you're in Vancouver or Vancouver Island. Um, very accessible. So I might finish with a few stories from those trips that are, might make you laugh if you like. I don't really want to turn it into a Lonely Planet type podcast episode. So we had one geezer in Ganges when we were sitting there having our ice cream, which was huge by the way. Emma and Sarah had like this double scoop. And I think it took them about half an hour to eat it. Um, anyway, we were sitting there having it. And this guy with a can of beer in his hand and a dog walking along the beach asked us if we've seen his bag that's been thrown into the water um, because someone took it and threw it into the water for some reason. I'm like, um, we haven't. And they got to bear in mind where we are. Yes, there's water, but where he was standing and where he pointed to was like sand or like stony type beach. There's no sand there. I'm like, he's like, oh, have you? I don't know why he laughed at it. He said, oh, have you seen... Um, this bag of mine because I don't I don't know where it is like someone got it and threw it and I sort of replied with nah not yet and he's like oh not yet I said nah not yet he goes oh, okay well let me know, let me know if you do I'm like okay and for some reason he found that funny anyway um, obviously he might be I don't know I don't know I don't know how to describe him really but he's obviously a local that everyone knows about. Anyway, we walked on, finished our ice cream, went to a shop, like this little cool little independent gallery shop. And he's there with his dog. And we walked past, he goes, oh, have you seen it yet? I was like, no, nah, not yet, mate. He just laughed again. <laughs> Don't know why he found that funny. Um, he probably just gets ignored or told no. But yeah, so this guy, random dog, trying to look for his bag. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, local on, on Salt Spring. Uh, in Campbell River, yeah, there's a camper next to us who... Very strange. I think him and his, I think wife were out all day, and they come back about six p.m. and he is straight on the laptop, straight on the phone. The first night, he was on his phone, I think, to his mate for four hours. I don't know what on earth he's talking about. And I think his wife just sat, sat there, sort of like occasionally chipped in with something, but mostly just I don't know, read or looked on her phone. The second night, back at the same time, six p.m., straight on the phone. This time he's watching, I think, NFL, the preseason, um, and he's on his phone to his mate for another four hours, talking as if they're commentating on the game. And his poor wife is sitting there, 
not really doing anything about it. I mean, she can't really join in because he's like dominating the, the conversation with his mate. And maybe she's not really interested in that either. So he was quite interesting and a bit, a bit weird. Um, so yeah, they had a kind of few anecdotes from those trips, I think. Um, nothing really outrageous. But as a whole, the camp van is such a great investment that it just gives you so much flexibility. Um, if your camp van's bigger, where it's self-sufficient, then it gives you more flexibility. You can go anywhere. Um, but for us, because it's more of a big car, um, we can literally drive anywhere and it should sort of suit any of our trips. And I'm really looking forward to getting out on the road next year and doing these type of podcasts of where we are and the funny things that we see, the funny people that we meet. So, yeah, hopefully this gives us like a little taste of what's to come next year. Um, but obviously I'll be inviting guests on that we kind of meet on the road, right? Be, be a laugh on it, see what different people we can get on the podcast. Anyway, that's enough for this episode. I think we have um, a couple of guests lined up on the 4th of September and also the week after. I think we've got those two um, coming up. So it might be another solo one next week. I'll see if I've got a few messages out there. Um, but if you'd like to come on the podcast and talk about your travels, please get in touch and, we'll, and I'll get you in the diary. But yeah, I'm now starting to put a few more messages out there um, trying to get more people to come on. Um, but I'm really enjoying the feedback. I've passed a 1,000 downloads this week, which I'm really stoked about. Um, I don't really take too much notice of the figures because I feel like if one person downloaded and listened to it, that's enough. They obviously want to listen and try to learn something. So yeah, I will keep plugging along. Um, let me know your thoughts during the week of my sort of like social media output on, on my Instagram page. And then, yeah, I'll be looking for the next topic next week. I might do a, a few questions on the story this week, see what people want to hear about um, next weekend. But I'm away again next weekend. We're off to Alouette Lake, which is about an hour drive east of here in Vancouver. So really looking forward to another lake, another trip. But until then, we'll catch you soon. I'll catch you later. And travel is coming back. It's coming back, it's coming, travel's coming back. See ya. Thank you for listening to my Wing and Neck podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshammond.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact for anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, jameshammondtravel, I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it, leave some comments and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading and be inspired. <laughs>